Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks is brought to you by two kinky poly babes on a mission to make sure you can be well-informed before diving into all things kink, dating, sex, and non-monogamy. We want to make sure this content can stay free and available for everyone who needs it. And with a little help from our listeners, we can do exactly that. Consider joining our Patreon for a monthly subscription where you can have access to our behind-the-scenes content, or you can make a small donation to our Ko-fi, where you can donate as little as $2 to make a huge difference. We greatly appreciate it. Welcome back to Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks. Oh my. Okay, thank you so much for coming to What Inspired That Oh My for this episode. Um, This is the bonus features of this. Um, And nothing inspired it. Just came right out of my brain. And I have no other notes. (laughs) So let's get started. And we're going to jump on in. So what are we discussing this week, Siege? Today, we are covering an introduction to BDSM, which I am so excited that we are doing because I am somebody who is introducting to BDSM. And it's very hard to find like succinct, this is where you start material for BDSM. So I am stoked to be part of the creation of such content. I'm I am also equally stoked now and slightly intimidated and I hope I live up to this. I know the pressure is, is on. It's real. Yeah. And maybe we should touch on why we're going to include BDSM. Yes. So for me, and I think it's important for a lot of people to understand that there's a huge crossover in the BDSM and non-monogamy worlds. What do you mean? Um, so you will find many times people who are non-monogamous um, are very often into and associated with BDSM lifestyles. They're both very alternative and uh, subculturally separate from, you know, vanilla day-to-day monogamous culture. So yeah, and I th- my understanding was that like BDSM has always been kind of this like catch-all for alternative lifestyles to begin with. Like it was kind of all lumped under the BDSM title. Is that accurate? It, it more so is now. Um, and we were going to talk about history, so we can kind of jump into the history side of BDSM. Um, and actually, first, let's backtrack. We should probably even tell everyone what BDSM even stands for. Because it does stand for something. Most people just like to say it. And by the look on your face, I'm going to say that you don't know. Bible it. days. Studying multiple times. I know I didn't. I, that was I, so That was close. like my best choice. Like I tried to come <laughs> up with that on the spot. It was like the worst I could have come up with. So BDSM, um, it actually has three separate parts, even though there are only four letters. But there are four. Thank you. I know. I got you. I got you. <laughs> thank you. Um, so you have... Three separate parts, like I said, and I actually wrote it down for myself just so I would not mess this up and fumble through it as yes. I always do with tongue twisters, basically. So you have the bondage and discipline. Okay. Then you have the dominance and submission. Okay. And then you have the sadism and masochism. Okay. Feels like there are more than four things that you just said. That was six. Six things, but those first two are in one category. Then you have the dominance and submission and it's own little category. And then you have the sadism and masochism in a separate category. Okay. So those are kind of the three mainstay parts, if you will. Okay. What is the, what does the main four letters stand for? Bondage? Um, I mean, so most people are probably going to say bondage, dominance, I've heard sadism and masochism. I've heard some people say bondage, dominance, 
bondage, dominance, submission, masochism. Is it sadism, masochism, and not sadomasochism? Is sadomasochism not a thing? Sadomasochism is a thing, but technically it starts out two separate things. Okay. Sadism is masochism. Like When you use the letters, nobody knows that you don't know what it actually means. So. Right. Yeah. So BDSM is totally fine to use <laughs> and you don't feel like you have to go around knowing what that means all the time. Wonderful. So I would say for for current day, it is very much become a catch-all. Like there are tons of different communities. There are tons of different subcategories. There's tons, like the amount of kinks and fetishes, which... Some people like to differentiate between a kink and a fetish. That's a whole other topic. But there are literally hundreds and hundreds of kinks and fetishes. Oh, yeah. So it's now become a very large community. Um, but the BDSM community in and of itself really took a foothold after World War II in the leather community. Wow. Okay. So just a quick, quick. Queek. Ooh, a queek. Yeah, a queek. Let's take a queek moment here. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, BDSM, despite a lot of people's, I think, assumption that it really got started with this whole like Fifty Shades of Grey and don't even get me started on that movie or many of the other movies that have come out since, like 365 will trigger me beyond belief. Um, Were there any other BDSM movies before that? Because like surely life existed before Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, um, there have been. They just have not been as culturally accepted or as prominent. Okay, okay. So I think Fifty Shades of Grey is probably one of the first movies to normalize a conversation around BDSM. I wonder why that is. I wonder why it just like got so popular and took off like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's just kind of changing of the times and people coming to be more accepting of that mm -hmm. and more accepting of kind of the culture in general. I don't, I don't know. Um, it's been an interesting dialogue to watch happen. Yeah. Um, and, and 50 shades of gray has some good parts, but there are some parts that I highly yeah, don't I was like. Just about to say like, definitely. It it's, sounds like when I listen to BDSM podcasts that there are mixed reviews. There are mixed will. reviews. Um, but yeah, so I digress. So, BDSM, a lot of people assume, has been around, you know, only in the last 20, 30 years, maybe even the last 60. Um, in all actuality, there are writings and text and everything going back to, I think, as early as 5 to 6th century BC. Are you telling me that there are wall drawings somewhere, hieroglyphics of some BDSM yes. kinky... I love that. Yes, yes. They like to kick it real cool uh, back then. Um, so this this literally has started in some form or fashion since, I think, right around 5th, 6th century BC. Nice. And has progressed in different cultures and in different ways since then. Um, it's been in a various different ways and different ways of coming through in different cultures. But I think it really took a foothold after World War II, is my understanding, mm -hmm. um, when a lot of the... Uh, kind of LGBTQ community, specifically um, homosexual men and women who came back from the war after going to Europe and experiencing all these different cultures, mm -hmm. started to congregate and live in very densely populated areas like New York, Chicago, that type, mm -hmm. and started to have this leather movement. It, I, my understanding, it was originally started with men okay. and then included women a little bit later. <clears throat> Um, but that's really where the foothold of BDSM took off. Do you in think there was like America. 
the the earliest version of BDSM was just like someone like accidentally like tripped and bumped into a wall. It's like, <laughs> wait a minute. Ow. Ooh. That- <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I could see. I mean, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. Like <clears throat> my introduction in BDSM was uh, an ex that I dated. Obviously, he's an ex if I dated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a guy that I dated at the time. Uh, hadn't seen him in a while. He came over to my house and legit body slammed me against the outside of my house. And the exterior of my house had these really big, um, it's like T111 siding, which if you're not familiar with that, like has some bump out kickouts. Um, and he body slammed me against that and left some bruises down my back. And wow. at the time I was like, this is interesting that's incredible because definitely as a friend listening to that story i'm like are you okay yeah i mean at the time i was a little not sure what to do with it but i wasn't mad at it okay and that that was probably 12 or 13 years ago and that's really kind of what started my like hmm. did you keep trying to lure him outside and be like hey <laughs> or like on. meet him outside or something like before he walked in You're like, Wait, oh, Wait, my God. oh no um yeah, I don't. I don't remember too. I don't. Thirty nine. What was it? T one eleven. T one eleven exterior would <laughs> somehow find my back again. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember too much. I don't remember many specifics after that. I do know that that's what triggered it. So it wouldn't surprise me if, like, somewhere along the lines, back in like old ancient BC, whatever, mm. someone tripped on a pyramid and you know landed on a sphinx and. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> um. So just oh, to when give they were you the pyramids, sorry, I don't remember. we're doing the pyramids and they're whipping the slaves. And like one of them was like, oh, do that again. Yeah. The slaves are like, oh. and the slave drivers is like, OK, <laughs> Pharaoh, whenever I hit this one, he likes it. <laughs> yeah. OK, so don't cancel us over that joke. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so that's kind of the history is it's been around for a long time and it's way more prolific than people understand. Um, it's considered a subculture and it's considered i think more taboo but there are even recent studies as early as like 2009 um that you know upwards of almost a quarter of the population has either tried bdsm or is currently actively into bdsm right i mean and some like impact play is pretty common common now. yeah that's like always slapping, my choking yes we hear that all the time that's my go-to whenever someone's like oh i've never done that or i don't know if i'll like bdsm or i'm afraid of it or mm. i would never do bdsm i always ask like hey have you ever choked or been choked have you ever been spanked has anyone ever called you like a dirty whore or a slut like mm-hmm. you know and 99 percent of the time they say yes and i'm mm-hmm. then point out well that is actually a form of bdsm so welcome. Newsflash. Newsflash. You actually <laughs> might be into it. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's just kind of the quick rundown of the history and its kind of commonalities. There's a lot more studies and stuff that go into it. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there any other like common behaviors that people have that is actually BDSM and they don't even know it? Like, I mean, I, I was thinking of one where it's like, you know, I want you to I want you to ravage me. I want you to really like take me tonight. And it's like, you know, sometimes that's primal play, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, could be primal play. It could be dominance and submission. Um, I think, you know, even pointing out sometimes people's characteristics when they get into a certain headspace. Like, I think we were laughing the other day about me when I started to point out that you're kind of a brat. I, I don't remember that, actually. <laughs> you don't remember that at all? <laughs> no, no, no I do return It's not when I do that whining thing, right? No, not, no definitely mm-hmm. not that. Or your foot stomp. Um, it is to make a point. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes. So, yeah, I think sometimes just pointing out people's kind of natural habits at times. Yes. Like, I personally don't like being a brat, but Jay loves to point out when I'm being bratty. It's usually when I'm tired. I love to observe it because you're truly an alpha sub. And so when I see you being a brat, I'm just like, and I just keep it to myself. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna approach an alpha sub that way. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have bratty moments. I also have a mixture of like service submission and a few other like submissive styles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's interesting to watch like watch people do their day to day things or what they think is normal, but it actually might be more of a BDSM thing. That's true. One of the things that I like witnessing, this is my favorite. It's the most covert of all. I think is especially in like couple dynamics or relationship dynamics where one does a lot more baby talk and the other mm-hmm. is more of like the one who sets them straight a little bit. Yep. And then it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then the person's like, well, come on, you have to. And I'm just like, look at, we're, we're just what? We're just three vanilla people in this room? <laughs> we're just... <laughs> Yeah, you start to happen. Yeah, you start to notice little little trends with people or little, you know, uh, what's the word? Synchronicity. Synchronicity. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And and just, you know, sometimes I'll point it out to people. Sometimes I'll just let it be depending Mm -hmm. on how well I know them. Um, If I knew they were trying to get into BBSM, I would definitely be like, look at you. Yeah. Did you just say whittle? Yeah, that I mean, I would say, you know, if you have like a gateway drug into BDSM, probably bondage, um, handcuffs, mm-hmm. that type of thing and light degradation, degradation, degrade. I can't talk today. You know, know, we're having a good day of coming we up are with stuff. Doing this. <laughs> um, light degradation is probably another really common one. Mm-hmm. So any sort of like, you know, dirty talk, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um what would you say of all these things we're talking about are like safe intro play? You know, I hesitate to say anything is necessarily safe, mm-hmm. safe intro. I, I think anything can be safe if negotiated properly. Okay, so I yeah. do want to caveat that. Yeah. Big asterisk. Big, big asterisk. So anything sign. within Anytime. BDSM has to be negotiated. Mm-hmm. It needs to be researched and it needs to be understood. Mm-hmm. So I think the thing that people are least intimidated by um, is probably degradation, kind of that dirty talk, and probably bondage. That tends to be a like lot handcuffs. of people's handcuffs or mm-hmm. light impact play. Yeah. Spanking. So spanking seems to be, I mean, that seems to be a super common one that most guys love to spank during sex. And they think that's just super normal, which it is. Yeah. But that is a form of impact play. That's stingy impact play, if you will. Very true. Um, I did have a guy ask me like to slap him one time and it was exhilarating. I was like, no, I'm not going to like hit you right across the face. Okay. I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you, are you okay with that? Are you? And then I like, I cranked it back. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm getting chills. (laughs) I hit him right across the face. He's like, Ooh, I was like, can I do the other side? (laughs) I was like, I was thrilled about it. And then like, Still, two years later, I was like, "Am I into like being a dominant?" I don't unclear. soft dom, maybe unclear. Soft dom, not sure. Mm-hmm. Still to be determined. TBD. So yeah, I, I would say that's you know a good kind of intro type thing is light impact play, be it stingy or thuddy, uh, light degradation or light bondage. Um, but keep in mind, all of that needs to be negotiated yeah. and agreed upon. I was just about to say. And they're also at every point have to be safe words, either through the yeah. red light 
uh, red light, yellow light, green light, or pick a safe word ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, or so, keep in mind, sometimes you cannot speak a safe word if you're going to get into bondage that involves any sort of um, ball gag, anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, so make there are sure, also nonverbal safe words too. There are nonverbal. So make sure you have a nonverbal you know, way of communicating, be it a bell, dropping. I have some people that drop a ball, so they'll hold a ball in their hand. Mm-hmm. And if they need to tap out or stop a scene, they will drop the ball and that's how they know. Mm-hmm. Um, my preferred method for me is the, uh, stoplight method. So Mm -hmm. red, green, yellow. So your preferred is red, green, yellow. What is your preferred nonverbal? Uh, preferred nonverbal is either the ball or just having some sort of snap, making some sort of, uh, sound with my hand. Okay. Cause I can continue to do that pretty easily. Um, I know some people either like tap their top or their dominant. Um, I don't do that just because I can get confused. Mm -hmm with other actions so um yeah i like the idea of holding something and dropping it and it makes a noise just because i think as like you get into bdsm play you can also get into dom or subspace yes you can so and i i think that like as i understand that is a very like you're not truly like very you're not entirely present in that moment like sensation wise you are present but like mentally in terms of being able to be like hey Yeah, some people can go nonverbal. I, with uh, heavy impact play, can go Mm nonverbal in subspace. Um, So, yeah. So having nonverbal cues is, in my opinion, very important. Mm -hmm. So all of that, definitely you should set up ahead of time before you have any sort of scening, even if it's light and you think it's super vanilla. Yeah. So like quick recap, if you're just getting into BDSM and you want to start, you're like, where can I start? Truly start by talking about it with a partner. And yes. I know it feels like it probably isn't sexy, but that's where you're totally wrong. Because this, I, I think it is so sexy if like a partner approaches me and is like, you know, I've been wanting to try this. Like, I'm, like I think that's so intimate that they're sharing that with you, that they trust you to like bring that up. Mm-hmm. And then to talk about uh, your safe words and your limits. Yes. And yeah. and it's super hot to do research. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, recently I just got into electroplay, which I'm loving. Um, but it was super attractive that my partner immediately went and started finding articles on electroplay and figured out how to do it safely and what can we try and not like, mm-hmm. you know, he took the initiative to start doing that. And yeah. that's super attractive because one, that means he cares about me mm-hmm. and Your my pleasure. safety mm-hmm. and safety that too and he cares about himself um and it's also empowering that he is that confident to have those conversations and it's not about weakness or not knowing something it's just super hot for him to admit one that he doesn't know it and two for him to go find the info so he can use it and use it in many fun ways that is such a good point that you just mentioned because it's like i think there is a fear or a concern of like oh well what if you bring a bdsm stuff to me and i don't even know what you're talking about so the stuff you want to try i'm not super familiar with and then uh, that can unintentionally shut down the partner who's bringing that to you so instead to be like no i know i'm capable of learning this i'm gonna look it up i'm gonna like get more into this like that is way sexier if you find yourself in a situation where you're like well i don't really know what you're talking about like the fact that you can empower yourself with the information is like shifts keys yeah i mean it's you know i never look at a lack of knowledge as a negative thing Mm -hmm. um unless you're not willing to go find out or learn yeah um and i'm big on and i am most dominance if they are the correct type of dominant um a lot of the stuff they'll try on themselves first 
So I'm big on one, doing the research, but two, also trying it out on myself, Mm -hmm. um, having my top or dominant try it out on themselves. You have to know how it feels. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like with impact play, how much are you hitting? How hard are you hitting? And what spots are you hitting? Mm -hmm. Um, Impact play sounds super simple, but you can hurt someone very, very badly hitting them in the kidneys or liver or, you know, striking the wrong area too many times. You can Mm -hmm. cause some severe harm. Yeah. So, you know, admitting that you don't know something is totally fine. The right person will not belittle you for that or demean you. Instead, they will try to teach you. Yeah. I'm always fine with someone saying they are not educated in BDSM or not educated necessarily in the kinks that I'm into. And I'm always happy to educate about my kinks or learn about their kinks or if we have mutual kinks we want to try out, Mm -hmm. uh, researching those. Yeah. Um, And that's totally fine. I never see it as a weakness or a downside. Yeah. And speaking of researching, I think uh, once you have the more targeted questions of like, if you're into impact play, for example, then looking up a very specific question, like, what should I look out for when getting into impact play is going to get you way more results than, you know, just Googling like BDSM search. Yes. Well, I mean, in a way, um, you know, you... One of the things that we've talked about is where do you find all this information? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's not tons of information out there right now, at least in written text. There's mm-hmm. not like you can't just go to Books a Million and buy like BDSM for dummies that I I'm know. aware of. Oh, I would love that. That would be great. Um, there might be actually. We should look that up. Yes. It feels like there's an everything for dummies. There is. There is a Kinktionary book that just came out recently. Um, and I will drop that link in the notes. Um, That book is really cool. It it goes through a lot of different definitions and terms and types of toys. Um, But there's not a lot out there written about BDSM or kink. So honestly, a lot of the research and information that I found out, one, definitely FetLife. Yeah. So FetLife is a great resource for kinksters um just keep in mind you can still have your predators on there like you would any website right yeah but it's great to go connect with other kinksters it's great to see other kinks and learn about other kinks and read different boards Mm -hmm. and um you know for me it's also a great place to share like my not safe for work photos and Mm -hmm. let my photography there have more fun yeah um, I've gotten a lot of knowledge from different kink groups on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people use Reddit, Discord. Yeah. Um, the key there is like that community is extremely important. Like I think yes. I've learned the most from talking to people who are into BDSM as opposed to what I've looked up online. Yep. So I think it's like it can be if you're you know nervous or squeamish about getting into a site like that. Like yes, be warned. You must wade through some pervs, but like. The best part is you do choose your interaction. Like, okay, if you put up your photos, anybody can see them. Mm-hmm. Anybody with an account, you know. Um, but anybody can make an account. So, like, that's free reign. But at the same time, it's like, you know, yeah, if you get a gross message, you don't have Just to respond. It. Just ignore it. You know, go about your business, yep. you know. You can also learn from people in person. Um, you know, when COVID lets up, if you want to go meet some local people, you can find a munch. Um, what's a munch so a munch is basically a get together of other kinksters it's not typically going to be any sort of sexual interaction or scening so it's usually like a lunch or a dinner or drinks a happy hour where kinksters get together hang out um some people use it for vetting okay so like like would somebody be showing up in like leather typically no 
Typically, because you are going to public places, so full latex suit, bunny ears, full, all done. <laughs> Typically, I no. slide in actually. Yeah, <laughs> just lube on the ground. Done. <laughs> I've done. So usually, you're going to be more of your day to day clothing. It's because you are going out in public. It's usually held at a restaurant. Mm. Um, usually, you're not going to find people on leashes and collars or full span. Like bummer. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you are trying to still make you know. You don't want to freak out the whole restaurant. And these restaurants are allowing you to be there. Right. So, but it's a good place. You can vet people. It's a good place to see how, if you are vetting, like, if I were to vet a dominant there or a top there, how are they treating the wait staff? Mm. How are they treating the servers? Are they rude to them? Are they cordial to them? Are mm. they, you know, that's always a good way to see, like, how do people interact with other people and are they respectful? And is it okay to have that, like, open discussion style? Because, like, for me, I would love to listen to how other people are vetting their partners, too. Um, I think if you know someone at those munches and just say, like, hey, I've always wanted to vet someone at a munch, but I don't know, like, what I'm doing or what that mm -hmm. looks what like. Can you kind of walk? Yeah. Can you walk me through or would you let me kind of be around as you do this? Mm -hmm. Some people will definitely let you do that. Some people will kind of talk you through it. Some may not, but... I'm people will definitely help you out, yeah. especially okay if they know ask. it's a safety thing. Yeah, you can yeah. definitely ask. Usually at the good munches, there's going to be people there to like bring you in and, and get you started talking to people and introducing you around. So mm -hmm. they're a good resource. A lot of them got shut down for COVID, but yeah. now that things are starting to lift. Um, so how would you find a munch like a Facebook group? FetLife. Oh, cool. Tons of tons nice. of announcements on FetLife for local munches. Or if you're going to a different area, you can even go to munches in other areas and see how they do theirs and mm -hmm. what their group is like. Um, FetLife's a great resource for that. Mm -hmm. That's probably the best resource if you want to find munches or anything like that. Very nice. My next question is, what are some good questions to ask to vet somebody before doing a BDSM scene with them? Ooh, that could be a whole podcast. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, that actually is a literal whole podcast. So making notes. That might be a whole, yeah. I don't know if we can cover all of that, but let's do a whole nother. We need to do a whole podcast on that, on okay. how to scene or kink safely. Okay, yeah. Because that could take a whole 30 to 45 minutes. <laughs> so don't do not do a BDSM scene until that episode comes right. out, guys. Wait, no. Chill. Um... <laughs> Yeah, just, yeah, that's a whole podcast. Yeah, I don't know how to get Are started. Are there any big red flags that tell you you immediately shouldn't do a scene with somebody? Oh, Jesus, yes. Um, again, that's a whole podcast. But <laughs> I would say anyone who automatically demands submission or some form of submission from you, like mm. call me daddy right away, nah. Stay away. Nah, I'll call you something. <laughs> it won't be that. daddy. Um, anyone who demands that kind of like you will call me this or you will i'm your dominant or i'm no yeah anyone who assumes that you can actually skip this whole like going over hard limits you know and then just being like or just having conversation play. yeah just getting to know me um get to know who i am generally definitely what are my kinks what are my soft limits what are my hard limits yeah minimum minimum and I mean, if they come out with anything of you must call me this or you will be this or you must do that in the beginning, nah, fam, I'm out. Yeah. Like, not interested. I recommend that everybody avoids that as well. Yeah. Yes. That's BDSM newbies. Yeah. Because um, people are out there that will take advantage of you like any other community. So. Yeah. But, I mean, BDSM is a lot of fun. I mean, it's obviously I love it. Doing yeah, a whole do ass you? podcast about it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun, but you still have to be careful like you would any other interaction with someone that maybe you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say is like, do you think that there's a negative opinion about people who are into BDSM? Oh, absolutely. I think a lot of times we're portrayed as like these crazy orgy sex addicts. And are you not? Um, I wish. No. It's like this is my 60 minutes interview with you. Right. Um, (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. There are within BDSM, there is definitely orgies. There is definitely, you know, you can have multiple partners in a scene, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that all we do? Absolutely not. I personally am not into multiple partners in a scene for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, BDSM doesn't even have to include sex. What? Yeah. So you can actually do a whole scene or multiple scenes and never have any sort of sex. You could never have penetration. Doesn't mean you want to have orgasms. You could have those because a a good number of people have that without any sort of penetration or sex itself. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times in BDSM, there is not sex involved. That's crazy. It, would you say that every time there is an orgasm involved? No, not every time. No. Mm-mm. Nope. I did actually, I was listening to a podcast that described a woman who went to a dungeon and uh, she was like, you know, nervous to admit that she was actually like into being humiliated. And mm-hmm. she, and you know, and then she like was experiencing shame for having that kind of kink as well. Cause it's like, oh, well, I shouldn't want like to be humiliated, whatever. And then it was like, she was able to find someone and she just like was just standing fully clothed. Mm-hmm. And the person was doing the degradation to her. That's not, <laughs> I don't know if that's the correct verb. They were speaking the degradations to her. Um, but it was all like agreed upon. It was in a dungeon. It was, you know, in the open. So there's like other people around as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, w- which for me adds like safety. Like that's why like a munch feels safe as well. Cause then there's other people who are like, Hey, by the way, no one's, no one's like giving bad information, you know, then no one's hearing the bad information being like, yes, that's okay. You can still. Yeah. I would say generally that. munches are a little safer. Um, dungeons should be especially like public dungeons Mm -hmm. are safer. Um, There are a lot of private dungeons and I cannot speak for those. Um, So private dungeons would be in someone's basement in a room of their house. Mm -hmm. If they're run properly, they should be just as safe, if not safer than public dungeons. Mm -hmm. Uh, But public dungeons are always going to have safety monitors. They will have very strict rules. Some of them have very strict vetting, some not as much. Some you can just pay a fee and get in. Mm-hmm. Um, some do actually have very strict vetting. Some you have to go to classes to join. Um, but generally, you're going to have safety monitors and people listening for safe words or if someone needs help or, you know, mm-hmm. they're looking for all of that. That's awesome. I yeah. think that's really cool. Yes. Trying to see if there's anything else generally that I hear uh, misunderstood about BDSM. Um, You know, I think the other thing to understand is that this is not just for non-monogamous or for, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with a religion. So I have met people who are anything from monogamous and very Christian, um, all the way to non-monogamous with four partners and they are practicing Wiccans, um, mm. or practicing pagans, you know? So it, it, there's literally a full spectrum all the way across the board. 
gay, straight, trans, non-binary, you know, anything and everything. Yeah. It's very inclusive. You can be anything from almost super vanilla to there's some stuff that I didn't even know was a thing. And it's not my kink, but Mm -hmm. I'm glad they like it. Yeah. (laughs) there It's been super varied. And I think that's why it is really hard to get – it feels so hard to get definitive – definitive answers on anything related to BDSM and how to start and things like that. But it's just like, there's so many variations of what you can do. Are you doing it just in the bedroom? Is it like a lifestyle type dynamic where you're doing it outside of the bedroom? Like, uh, so there's, there's a lot of options. It's just so much. It's a lot of options, but it's kind of cool because you can create it. You can create it to fit your needs and your wants. Very true. Very true. So, and as long as it's done safely, that's totally fine. Exactly. So if we were to wrap up the main points here, we have BDSM is a dynamic lifestyle, which is not for depraved people. No, we're not all out just I will say slapping somebody, people with dildos. Somebody can call anything, anything. You know what I mean? Someone could say like, oh, that's depraved. And it's describing exactly what you're doing in BDSM. I mean, it's a you have to know what you're putting yep. into it, though. You know, you're like, nope, I've researched this. All my partners are consenting. This is how we naturally want to experience this. And, you yep. know, there's nothing wrong with that. So be strong and confident in yourself there, too. Like, don't don't let that, you know, negativity leak in and ruin your fun. Um, so yeah, it's, we're not all depraved. It's not always about sex. Mm-hmm. That's a huge point. There's way more prep than you could. Way more prep than you in. can understand. Yeah. Um, you sometimes even including expect, contracts, most of the time, including contracts. Oh expect research. Expect, like, expect research. to spend some time looking into this and know that you're doing that for the safety of yourself and your partner involved or, yes. and the people involved, you know, which is paramount. Yes. Um, cover your, your limits and your safe words before doing a scene. Yep period um join a community mm-hmm. join a community get, get a tribe live facebook group get connected and then when covid lifts when you know we're able to go back out again munches and dungeons munches and dungeons that sounds like a podcast I, I know i know i want, want too munches late to change the name of this one i'm saying <laughs> i love that munches and dungeons and then don't be afraid of just trying out different things and don't don't think that you're going to be outed the moment you do try BDSM. We're not going to out you for the most part. Our community is very understanding of keeping things private unless otherwise stated. That's Thank you so much for bringing that up, actually. Like, really be sure if you're talking to somebody about BDSM that they are okay with that information being out about them. Like, be, yes. be, um, be a safe person. Yes. Be a person who can keep that secret and respect that that would be their boundary. Yes. You know, that that starts with our basic number one point of like, you know, having boundaries, having limits that is included, that's allowed and valid to be included as a boundary is I don't want my people in my life to know about this. Yep. Or if it's me and everyone knows that it's out there, you can just bring it up pretty much any darn time. And I'll probably just talk about it. I know. (laughs) But I think that's generally, you know, the gist of getting into BDSM and we'll deep dive later on in some other podcast on, you know, some of the bigger topics like how to kink safely. Yes. Um, because that's a huge one. Yeah, absolutely. So look forward to it. Yes. I think that is all for this week. That's all for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully we're giving you a good starting point for BDSM and for Polly Amory. We're hitting all the freaky, kinky, geeky things. Yes. So Go perfect. off and kink away. Kink away. Happy kinking. Goodbye. Bye.